Even before the onset of the pandemic, the global economy was confronting disturbances on account of disruptions in trade flows and reduced growth. This situation has now been aggravated by demand, supply and liquidity shock seen due to the lockdown because of the pandemic. The consequences of the combined health pandemic and global recession will be a great damage for many developing countries. This will halt their progress towards the sustainable development. Two-third of the world population lives in developing countries. This rate excludes the population of China. The speed at which the economic shock waves from the pandemic has hit the developing countries is very dramatic, even in comparison to the 2008 global financial crisis. This was said in the report published on 30th March by UN. UN calls for $2.5 trillion coronavirus crisis package for the developing countries in their program called Whatever It Takes. The report shows that in the two months since the virus began spreading beyond China, developing countries have taken an enormous hit in terms of capital outflows, growing bond spreads, currency depreciation and lost export earnings, including falling commodity prices, declining tourist revenues. The values of their currencies against the dollar have fallen between 5% to 25% since the beginning of this year. This is faster than the early months of the global financial crisis seen in 2008. The prices of commodities on which many developing countries heavily depend for their foreign exchange have also dropped. It is expected that the course of economic recovery in India will be smoother and faster as compared to many advanced countries. It is also predicted by the UN in its latest report that major economies possibly least exposed to recession will be China and India. While we are focusing in India on securing population health and providing relief including the poor, we also need to think long term. This is to secure health of economy, viability of the businesses and the livelihood of people. Ensuring job opportunities and job creation will be the key. There is an urgent need to mobilize resources to stimulate the economy. India's GDP was already at its lowest in over six years in quarter 3, 2019-20. Outbreak of COVID-19 posed new challenges. Steps taken to contain the spread has brought the economic activities to standstill and will impact consumption and investments. There are three contributors to the GDP. Private consumption, investment and external trade, which will get affected. Exports to COVID-19 infected nations will also see a hit. Abrupt stop of urban activity could lead to a steep fall in consumption of non-essential goods. Impact can turn out to be more severe if disruption to domestic supply chain will affect the availability of essential commodities. Around 37% of the regular wage salaried employees in urban India are from informal sector. Informal sector is the non-agricultural sector. Many of them are not eligible for paid leaves and do not have written work contract. They will face uncertainty of income, hence a further rise in unemployment from this informal sector. Shutdown of factories and the resultant delay in supply of goods could result in shortage of raw materials and eventually raise the inflation. Among COVID-19 infected nations, China is the largest import source of India. 
China has 13.7% share in imports. Major commodities imported from China is electrical machinery and equipments, followed by equipments of nuclear reactors and organic chemicals. While a disruption in output in China could impact some industries in India, economy will still be insulated given its low reliance on intermediate goods from China and stockholding practices followed by Indian companies. However, severe disruptive impact on demand caused by this pandemic has created a large cash flow gaps for the corporates. Tight financial conditions will make it difficult for them to fill this gap through market borrowings. The first sectoral impact we, we will cover today will be the aviation and tourism sector. India is now the third largest and fastest growing aviation market in terms of domestic tickets being sold. India's tourism, hospitality and aviation sector has been the first industry to hit very badly. It is believed that it is greater than financial meltdown of 2008 and 9. There is a question around its survival now. World Travel and Tourism Council believes that the travel sector will shrink by 20, 25% resulting in loss of millions of jobs. With international and domestic travel being closed, demand for turbine fuel will decline in short term. Outbound and inbound travel in India will be at all-time low. This will also show a cascading effect because even if things are back to normal, there might be a psychological and emotional impact which will hold back the immediate cravings for the travel. However, this may not be expected to remain for long. Key policy recommendations in terms of tax and compliances related matters will be GST holiday for travel and tourism services, waiver of AAI that is Airport Authorities of India and private airport operators, space rentals, royalty, handling charges, landing parking charges, etc. for 4-6 to six months. Removal of TCS on outbound travel. Investment in tourism entities by individual or corporates may be given as deduction in income tax for at least one year to boost the sector. Easing financial stress in this sector. All tourism airlines hospitality must be treated as priority lending sector. No loan may be classified as NPA. Increased credit allowance to airlines by AAI and oil companies. Zero cancellation charges and immediate refund process for the tickets. Now in terms of uh, the cancellation and refund of uh, tickets being cancelled because of this lockdown, many small tourist agencies and tourist operators do a bulk booking and because of the cancellation, they have been facing a financial crisis. So, there is a request and there may be a possibility of zero cancellation and immediate refund process for these tickets being booked in bulk by the tourist operators and tourist agencies. Additionally, to support end customers, we need to promote safety through publications detailing hygiene level of tourist destinations. We need to create a travel campaign, just like India did way back, Incredible India, or India welcomes back or similar. Next sector which we will cover today is MSMEs, that is small and medium enterprises. Domestic supplies and imports both will be suffering. Even if restrictions will be slowed down, 
demand side of non-essential goods will hit the production. Daily wage workers will see a layoff and lowered purchasing power. Exports will be affected tremendously. There will be a huge impact on export as global demand is expected to slow down. MSMEs engaged in hotel, tourism and logistics have seen a sharp drop. Those engaged in essential commodities are still operational. Consumer goods, garments, footwear, automobiles will see a direct major impact. Those MSMEs depending on imports will be facing hand-to-mouth situation. Maybe even worse. RBI's announcement of moratoriums of EMIs and reduction in repo rate will be a relief. Key recommendation policies in terms of tax and compliances matters will be date of advance tax should be extended or maybe made or maybe scrapped. All GST and other refunds without appeal or litigation may be credited immediately to bridge the liquidity issue. So there are many small and medium enterprises who have GST and other refunds pending before the authorities, tax authorities of India. Subject to the litigation and appeal, all such refunds should be immediately credited to their accounts. This will be a very helpful task for these MSMEs to preach their liquidity issue. Easing financial stress in the sector. Increasing cash credit limit would have a positive impact on availability of funds with MSME. Banks may substantially ease the margin requirement. Stocks and receivable may be considered totally as interchangeable for working capital loan. Trade receivable discounting system may be made effective. Now, many of us don't know what exactly is the trade receivable discounting system. So, this is an initiative undertaken by RBI to safeguard the interest of micro, small and medium enterprises because of these organizations always find it difficult and very hard to convert their trade receivables into liquid funds. Trade receivable discounting system is a digital platform to support micro, small and medium enterprises to get their bills financed at a competitive rate through an auction where multiple registered finances can participate. To decrease the financing concerns faced by these MSMEs in India, RBI introduced the concept of trade receivable discountings in 2014. An institutional mechanism for financing trade receivables on a secure digital platform. Trade receivable exchanges standardizes the process of funding MSMEs via invoicing discounting. I have put a link below in description for ease of access. M1 Exchange facilitates the financing of trade receivables of MSMEs from corporate buyers through invoice financing by multiple financers. The trade receivable discounting platform facilitates discounting of both invoices as well as bills of exchange.